Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. In the end, the stories are all we have. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com. Hello, and thank you for joining me again today. I'm so happy to have you here. So in the last episode, I told you all about my grandmother's house. And my grandmother's house became a haven for us, a place that we took shelter when some of the storms of our own lives, little lives, child lives, broke over us a little too hard. We went there quite regularly on weekends and also on holiday times when uh, we had some days off from school or whatever and other people weren't able to take care of us. So my brother and I spent a lot of time there and my cousins joined us there sometimes. So today I wanted to tell you why we spent so much time there and why we didn't really live with my mom. When we came back to the States after my mom and dad were separated, we went through that time when we were away in Reno and whatnot. But when we finally settled back in New York, my grandmother bought my mother the house in Sneedon's Landing where I lived most of my life. And we were going to all live there together. But then because my grandmother and my grandfather really fought and never agreed again for the rest of their lives together, my grandfather stepped in at one point and he and my mom had a very volatile relationship and so he was very judgmental towards her and that's not to say that she didn't have a lot of difficulties challenges um, but he stepped in and he said listen Christina you are not a fit parent uh, she was an alcoholic certainly um, at the time and I'm not sure if my grandfather was adding into the mix the fact that she was a lesbian I'm not sure how much he knew about that quite yet maybe he did but in any case he made the determination that she was an unfit parent and that she should not be raising us so he made a bargain with her and she took this bargain so we need to remember that she complied in this situation. Um, he made a bargain that if she did not live at the house with us, that he would pay for all of our upbringing, all of our housing and food costs, and he would send the nanny, Mademoiselle Maria slash Mamza, um, to care for us and to live with us. And that this would be the situation and that she could visit us instead of 
live with us 24 seven. So she made an agreement that she would do this. So we lived with the nanny and from my point of view, for us as children, it was very strange because nobody else had that situation in their childhood. The children that we met had parents, right? They did not live with a, well, what we called her then was a governess. They did not live with a governess. They didn't even know what that was. So it set us apart as being strange. And um, my mom would visit sometimes on weekends or rarely and occasionally we would go into the city for an overnight with her. She had an apartment in the Bowery that was a loft apartment where you had to climb to her bed, her bedroom by this ladder that was up against the wall. And then the living room area was a two story area and someone, I don't know if it was her or not, had hung a swing in that area so that there was a swing hanging down that was a two-story swing and it was delightful. Um, the back end of the arc would reach the kitchen door and then the front, you know, swung out into the living room. So my brother and I delighted in that swing and in the ladder that climbed up to my mom's bed and I'm not sure. I think we all slept in the same bed when we slept over at her house there, her apartment there. And we would go for bizarre adventures like off to this Chinese restaurant where she would challenge us to eat an a thousand year old egg. <laughs> you know, when we were like, oh my God, no, are you kidding me? And she would eat these things and, you know, make us giggle hysterically. So we had these funny dates. Um, but for the most part, we didn't see her except for either on a weekend or, you know, with uh, scattered times far between. And I remember distinctly uh, her bedroom was in the attic part of at our house, back at our house, was in the attic part of the house where there was a staircase up to an extra part of the house that was above the garage, you know, sort of an attic um, extra bedroom. And this staircase had a door at the bottom of it. And I remember distinctly that I sat there on multiple occasions waiting at the bottom of the stairs, sometimes crying because Mamsa had told me I was absolutely not allowed to go up those stairs. And Mamsa and my mom fought also terribly. I think it was because my mother was very was a very big disappointment to Mamza in a lot of ways. You know, Mamza had loved her as a child, and so she didn't live up to what Mamza had imagined her to be as an adult. So Mamza would tell me things like, your mother is a bad person. You cannot go upstairs because I don't want you influenced by her. So I would have terrible fights with Mamza also and sit crying at the bottom of the stairs, hoping that my mom would come down but I don't know how much she knew about those, those fights and those episodes. In any case, I was recently reading a little diary of mine and I did read the following um, entry in April of 1971. 
We woke up this morning and had our breakfast, and then we did everything we always do, like make beds, play the piano, wash dishes. Side note, we had a lot of chores that we did all the time, and regular you know, things that we had to do, practice the piano and do our knitting and do our French lessons and stuff in addition to school. So the diary continues. Then we played for a while and then we had lunch with our cousin Katie. Then we watched a film and then Laura and Phil came. We played for a while with them and then we got dressed and went to Nana's house. And there the trouble began. First it was all right. I unpacked everything. Then I said to Tufi, go downstairs and hand out your eggs. So I think it was Easter time. But he said, come with me. So I did. And we were going into the living room. Mommy grabbed Tufi's arm and the eggs fell and broke. Tufi went up very unhappy. When we were up in our room, Tufi said to me, and then the next pieces in code, 6J4 star G48. And it has a little note that says, in code number four. Sadly, I have no idea where that code breaker book is, so I don't know what that was. But I bet you it was something ugly that was some kind of expletives that we were not allowed to say. Because then the diary continues, Then Mommy came up and started fighting with Tufi. We all came to his rescue and stopped Mommy. Then she said, I'm sorry, Tufi, that's all I wanted to say. So I said, "My, Why did you have to make such a commotion? She didn't say anything. Then we had dinner. Then we played for a little while. Then we looked at Lassie and Walt Disney. Then we had to say goodnight and went up to bed. Peter Healy came while we were watching Lassie. When we tried to go to sleep, we heard screaming. It was Mommy and Nana fighting because Mommy had broken something. Me and Laura didn't get to sleep until 12 o'clock. We woke at 7 because Uncle John had rolled over and fallen on the floor. Little side note here was that we slept in a back bedroom at my grandmother's house near her bedroom, but her then third husband didn't sleep in the bed with her. The excuse was that he snored terribly, and he did. So he had a little twin bed in the room that we had to pass through to go to the bathroom where he slept and I guess he had rolled over and fallen out of bed and that's what woke us up. Very bizarre. Anyway, the diary continues. Then we went downstairs and looked around. We saw what mommy had broken. It was the towel rack. I put it back together myself. Then we watched television for a while and then it was time for breakfast. So this is the kind of thing that I remember from my childhood. My mom fighting a lot with her various uh, family members, but that was usually after she was drunk, after she had had a few glasses of wine. All of the family gatherings ended like that, where I could hear her from upstairs, very maudlin, crying and or fighting and or angry with somebody. Those are my memories of the end of family parties. So it was always colored a little bit by the grown-ups doing strange things downstairs and not being happy. And I always wondered why, you know, 
the the gatherings themselves were lovely and we all had such a good time and we ate good food and we were happy and then in the aftermath they broke down into drama so perhaps there was something in my grandfather's wishes to have us not grow up among all of that stuff and we ended up living without my mom from whenever we moved into that house when I was about five and a half or six until I was about 11 and a half or 12. At which point my mom decided enough is enough. I'm going to take back control of my family. Uh, that is a story for another day, but um, it propelled us into a whole different kind of drama. In any case, we didn't live with my mom and we lived with Nanny for about six years. And that colored a lot of how I made friendships. I tended not to have, you know, the usual kind of friends. My friends were often people who were very much on the fringes. In fact, we had a, we have um, a, an earth observatory up the hill from my childhood home that is someplace that houses uh, scientists from all over the world and there used to be little houses where they would live with their families and they brought their children and wives and such while they were working on a particular project up there so there were families from Greece that I remember and families from Japan and those were their children that I tended to befriend the the different children the the children with you know some other kind of history because they didn't seem to look at me as like the weird kid in the neighborhood who lived with a governess i guess that was something that europeans knew and understood a little bit more in many ways it was a magical childhood and in many ways it was a very sad and dysfunctional childhood. So I will tell you the happy and the sad, the good and the bad. As my Aunt Marina says, you got to take the good with the bad. And I hope you'll enjoy the stories regardless. And I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.